How's it, everyone, and welcome to the Tricks of the Trade podcast, episode three. My guest today is a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's a doctor. Well, he got his PhD in chemistry from University of San Diego. Uh, well, University of California, San Diego. Um, he's a Big Island boy, born and raised in the Big Island, Kapalama graduate, 05, University of Hawaii Manoa, undergrad graduate, and... Uh, PhD from UC San Diego, like I said. But this guy is a surfer, filmmaker, cultural practitioner, scientist, like I said. He's pretty much like, he's pretty much the Indiana Jones of Hawaii, which is pretty cool. But anyway, we talk about his uh, journey through academia, being a young Hawaiian in a scientific field, which is new and uh, inspiring to future Hawaiians interested in science. But um, we also dive into, you know, what really motivates him. And that is his love for the big island and his sense of community and uh, wanting to put his stamp on his community. So anyway, without any further delay, I hope you enjoy it. Please give it up for my good friend, Clifford Capono. Dude, thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, bro, stoked. So, Cliff Capono, uh, adventure seeker, <laughs> surfer, professional chemist, uh, filmer, cultural pract- practitioner. Um, well, I guess for someone who doesn't have much experience with what I'm about to ask you, just you know, bear with me. As a scientist. Your prowess in science has it allowed, has it helped you maintain and upkeep your beautiful set of hair? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I when I read the ingredients on the shampoo, now I know what is actually going to help the curls versus what's going to. I mean, cause the split ends. This is bad, bad radio, but you do have a really nice set of hair. Very <laughs> voluptuous, golden, thick. As someone who hasn't visited a barber in like 12 years, <laughs> I would imagine that your knowledge of science has helped you in that regard. So, okay. Speaking of which, is there, anything I, is there anything you can do with me? Is there any chemicals that you can suggest for me? Uh, yeah, maybe a steel. Yeah, yeah. Steel razors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, 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 a skin keep, keep a skin cut. <laughs> All, right. All right, thanks. Okay, we're off and running, man. So, dude, uh, I, you know, I've been wanting to sit down before I even decided to do this. I feel like the last 10 years or so of our friendship, um, you know, we've only really seen each other like in passing or, you know, like briefly at like a social, like, you know, like a holiday party or something. And, uh, you know, we've always kind of like, just kind of just, Hey, we should sit down and talk about something. We should sit down and talk yeah, about this. We should yeah, sit down and talk yeah, about this. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny that this is our excuse to finally just have an, un, an uninterrupted, like, discussion. Just because, you know, I mean, I've always been so 
intrigued with everything you're doing. Yeah, and, same. same. Um, yeah, and so I guess uh, you're back on the Big Island. Yeah, I moved home uh, 2018 um, after going to school in California, San Diego. Um, yeah, I never thought that would happen, but I was up there for six years. Uh, came back home to Hilo. Now we're, I mean, Pabaiko, uh, we're doing the podcast now. Um, and just, I don't know, trying to join the join the community in the best yeah. way I can, you know? I think there's like so much cool things going on just with everyone's kind of everyday life. Absolutely. Like, like what this kind of podcast is, like our, our group of friends, it, everyone is contributing to our community in yeah, some man. way. It's not really like, I guess we're lucky, like our group of friends, mm -hmm. everyone not just has a job, but has a job that like gives back. To Absolutely. Yeah. In, yeah. A, in a way, so it's, I'm just trying to do, figure out where I fit in all of that. Cause <laughs> I'm like, I got a like degree in like, I mean, it's science, but it's really like the paper says philosophy. So it's like thinking, I don't know, <laughs> so I don't know how valuable my thoughts are for Elo, but trying to figure it out. Well, hopefully you're able to use your philosophical agenda to help, uh, you know, get this podcast going, this episode. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of right. That's, you know, the main reason why I finally decided to, you know, do this. At the very least, able to kind of sit down and talk with, you know, I, I want to have more than my friends on here, but it just helps because, like you said, like, a lot of our friends are doing really cool stuff. And, yeah. And, um, you know, just hearing hearing why they got into it and, you know, what what drives them to do it and all that stuff. But, but yeah, man, so, you know, I guess... Uh, what, so what, uh, what are you trying to, what, I guess, what exactly is it you're doing right now? Exactly. I know you got yeah. a few, few things going on right now, so I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, um, I feel I have an interesting, well, I don't know if it's interesting or not. Interesting to me, at least, with yeah. the career path. So right now, it's currently divided into two main things. Uh, the first is uh, I'm supported by different uh, surf companies mm -hmm. to not just surf, but I would say provide uh, those brands with this uh, idea of um, sustainable yeah. adventure and things like that. And, and I know sustainability is kind of thrown around in loosely nowadays. Very loose, very but, loose, but very important. Yeah, I think I get lost in it too, trying to figure out how to best communicate what I'm doing and mm -hmm. not always be so hypocritical with like um, uh, Cliff is this eco surf character yeah. that travels thousands of miles and puts hundreds of thousands of carbon dioxide into yeah. the environment <laughs> on his adventures and things like that. Uh, so yeah. like I, I'm definitely trying to find the balance and all that, but really it comes down to, uh, I, I feel the surf industry, what they want from me mm -hmm. is uh, this message of enjoying nature enjoying the surf but also taking a pause to think about how can i be a better steward and absolutely that's what my i guess character in surfing is to be fair it's not like kevin I, slater or john john yeah, yeah, yeah. you know going and winning the world champions is i if if professional surfing is kind of like a web yeah. with uh, the John Johns and the Kelly Slater's kind of in the central part of the web i'm definitely out on the outskirts maybe i would say in the fringe um which, well, I mean, you know, it's like I was talking with Brandon about, you know, 
about, um, especially, I just feel like surfing is just, uh, has exploded so much and it has, it's gone from just like this very small group of people like just surfing professionally. And now there's like other fringe industries, you know, like you're saying, like sprouting out with it, you know, in regards to creating content, you know, film, uh, you know, gear, like all that stuff. Like it's, it's, it's huge now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great for Hawaii. Everyone's finding a niche in some way. And I think how the magazines have, a lot of them gone out of business and yeah. a lot of there, there were these gatekeepers in surfing before mm-hmm. that you had to either win contests or be a part of a club to be recognized exactly. as a, a professional surfer. Whereas how society is now with the internet, social media, yeah. uh, you can create your own platform and mm-hmm. you can share your own messaging. And if you have a marketable message, then the brands will come and, and speak with you. And um, yeah, it's just, it's real interesting. I'm so fortunate to have companies that support me in that regard. Well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've done that. I remember like, it was funny. I remember when you first, like, I just, you know, like I said, it was like a random, like run into you like one time and we were just talking, like, I still remember this conversation. We talk about Instagram and stuff. And I just was like, you're like, oh yeah, I just got on Instagram and everything. And I was like, dude, I cannot wait to see what you got in store for Instagram. Like I want just cause, well, like, you know, it all, for me, like being, you know, so interested in what you're doing, it all started like when, uh, you were making, you had your Vimeo page Yeah, yeah and you were yeah. making like little surf videos and, um, you know, I just was like, Whoa. Well, that, I mean that, well, that's how, well, what's funny is like, I mean, back in the day, it's just a lot of people were, I didn't even have a phone. Like yeah. I didn't have a license. Yeah. Well, that's phone. another thing too. I didn't have anything, you know, yeah. I think when I moved to California, that's when I kind of jumped into the soul. I always like film of uh, video videos and like little films. They're always like a big part of what yeah, I want to do. Sure. Storytelling. I just love storytelling. Yeah, so man. that was always a part of it. But in terms of like trying to promote my stuff, I just felt it was like, kind of oily and yeah, like, well, I, I, yeah i hear you man. i'm just like i remember, I yeah, I remember you still, saying that i still feel weird about it you know and yeah and uh, i got to a point where and like i said i'm like in my um influence mm-hmm. as they say in the biz in the, like yeah, it's, as they say in the biz yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very uh i've been in the biz for like three days <laughs> so you know like yeah, yeah i know i know everything about <laughs> yeah. it yeah i mean it's really the I'm like what they would call a nano influencer, like a, a micro nano, like okay. the most, you know, flea. Write that. hang on, let me write that down. Nano influencer. <laughs> I mean, flea on a dog's ass. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Kind of, um, hey, man, whoa, time out, dude. A single flea on a dog can affect the dog in a negative way or a positive way. Or human Lyme disease. Yeah. That's a, oh, ticks. No, that's ticks. Oh, oh. it's ticks. Yeah. Science. Yeah, I, science. I got a degree in science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot, man. So like, um, so yeah, bro. It's just uh, you know, I guess what I'm saying is like I'm I'm really stoked to see what you got going on. Being yeah, big island, bro. Thank yeah. you, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm in in California. I think where there's so many um, startup brands and so much uh, bigger brands mm-hmm. uh, based out of there. Uh, there's money to throw around to like the potential of someone creating a, an impact. And um, like I said, like I the surfing thing kind of happened after the fact yeah you know, it wasn't like i um was like trying to do this professional surfing whatever i i care about science like that's yeah. what i you know yep. while you know some of our other friends went off to pursue a career in professional surfing and, and do well mm-hmm. i just i don't know if it was maybe i didn't feel like 
I was good enough to really make it and maybe school was a safer place. I felt like if I had to well, put two up, I have a better shot at uh, doing well in school. So I kind of just weighed out my options and- Well, you just played the long game. Yeah, but I mean, even with that, I didn't even know like if that was in a long game because in Hilo, there's not really a science industry. So your ultimate goal was eventually to come back to Big Island 100%. Yeah. Totally. Okay, cool. Because I mean, yeah. I went to, because I went to boarding school. Yeah, yeah, Kapalama. So I, I was at Kamehameha and I was a boarder and I'd come home, you know, often, but yeah. still like, it was like this weird disconnect. And then I went to UH. Yeah, that's where we were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where we were at UH. And that was like another, I always wanted to go home. And then yeah. um, right after I finished a, a graduate degree at UH, I came home for a little bit. And that's when I was lucky enough to get recruited to uh, University of California, San Diego. Yeah, man. They're like, do you want to join the chemistry program? And I think some of it, helped that I was like the only Hawaiian that was studying this stuff really like as weird as it sounds like yeah. there was no one else that wanted to go into a chemistry program you know at, at that time yeah no so that was what like what 2011 2012 2011 2012 oh, yeah. and that's when I got the recruitment offer 2012 so I ended up finishing early I was just going to stay on Oahu mm -hmm. but I, I got this offer to go um, up there to study chemistry and I kind of was on the fence about it. I didn't know. It seemed scary to, yeah. to move away. And I was really just focusing on coming home. It was right after, I mean, we released a little documentary. Yeah, for the love. Yeah, yeah like dude. It, it was every, like I was, I was. Can doing, you find that? Can you, is that still like, do you have that on your Vimeo or something? I don't, but I have some like bootleg copy oh, floating nice. around. I, I, we got to re, re-show it. In, in right, you got to get it on like on YouTube or something. Yeah, I, I want to. Like that was that was crazy. Just in I was that. there premiere night, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty crazy night. I I that was two years. Um, for people who don't know, it was um, two years in the making. Two years, two and a half years of just filming with you know Brandon Ahuna, uh, Isaac Michaels, yep. uh, like Kaleo Hadi, yep. uh, Travis Sedino, Young Taring. Uh, who else? I mean, there's like. There's so much people that were a part of just making it. Yeah, and man. people that weren't even in the film, really, they were still supporting the, mm -hmm. the traveling trips. And the whole premise of For the Love was to uh, promote ordinary people's extraordinary story. And that's what I just... I don't know. It all came from kind of this thing where I felt like kind of shafted by surf industry. Oh, interesting. In a weird way. like I. I, but I just think I just didn't go all in in surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to like kind of put my foot in it, like go and surf with you know these guys that I thought were really good, and they were riding professionally, like Kevin Kapsky, yeah, Hilo, um, Robert Patterson, like they oh, were full yeah. taken care of, sponsored by big brands, yeah. you know. And and I would surf with them, and I kind of thought, you know, Tyler Rock, he was a filmer at uh, yeah, yeah. Surf Magazine, and he's worked with a bunch of stuff for Triple Crown, and I, I felt like. I just wanted someone to be like, oh, you're good enough. Why don't you come into the pro surfing side of things? Mm -hmm. But I never went all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized now that was kind of on me after kind of now being a part of it in a in a capacity. Yeah. Because it got to a point where I just was like, oh, I just want it to be given to me. I didn't want to like put yeah. all my money into it and be like, look, all in. Yeah. I want to be a pro surfer. I just wanted to be safe in school because I was... I wasn't a great student, but I was like the only Hawaiian studying science. Yeah. So it was like kind of an easy way for me to like get into certain places yeah. and I would do well. And it, it like, it's almost like it would be seen more as an impact than if I like was to win a contest or something. And I just, 
kind of hated on the surf industry. So I was like, I'm going to make a surf film about me and I'm going to show everyone how yeah. good I am. And then when I started, like, so I, I bought a camera, I started asking like my sisters to help me film yeah. and like, then I started wanting to film like my friends, like Brandon and mm-hmm. Kaika. And as we started filming, I, I just realized that it was kind of douchey of me to want to make this film about me. <laughs> and I started to see how compelling the stories were of the people in, in our community yeah. on the east side. And I just shifted my whole um, vision of wanting to make a video about me to really wanting to share a full-length feature about seven individuals here mm-hmm. on the east side of the Big Island who have gone through some pretty intense adversity. Absolutely, bro. And not to say Dude, that... I, I knew Khalil, like me and Khalil were best friends in elementary school. And I, yeah. you know, I, I had, you know, he gets into all of that stuff about when... It, and I had no idea, bro. I had no idea. Yeah, that I mean, was crazy. Khalil Hadi, he's like, he's another one of our Congratulations friends. Congratulations on uh, the uh, wedding, by the way, Khalil Oh, Hadi. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's... Khalil is... I mean, we grew up surfing one of these since we were little yeah. kids too. And he just... He's such an amazing waterman that mm-hmm. um, we we get kind of put into this uh, category if we can't talk about like feelings and we can't like be vulnerable in front of the, yeah, the males and that film it kind of like I, I made a point where his part was supposed to be that uh, shedding of the ego and just sure. being he talked about you know his part in the film was how he was had to figure out how to survive mm-hmm. you know his grandma was that was before his grandma passed away and it was this idea of him losing his grandparents mm-hmm. and him having to go out and face the world on his own and yeah. i think we all feel that you know in some absolutely right way. and for him to be able to be vulnerable and, and share that message it was like i said all those messages in that in that film were like it was an amazing amazing experience and i didn't I don't know. At that time, I was like, oh, I made this film. Like, I'm so stoked on my home. Yeah. I'm stoked on everyone around me. Like, I, do I really want to get up and leave yeah. and go to this foreign place? <laughs> like, have to deal with all these different people that think a different way than me. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I just, I, it was like a weird, I don't know how to describe it. I, I didn't even really want to go. And while I was away for six years, I think, there was a, I, I did go through some like depression and I just go through like a, a feeling of like not belonging and it was, oh, it was I mean, weird. Had, had you have spent, had you have spent uh, much time on the mainland before or? No, yeah. no. Like I was very Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Like if I was to travel, I was traveling to like Koholawe or Maui yeah. or like, I was like trying to go to places where I, I, I just wanted to learn my islands before I left. Because yeah. I didn't want to go somewhere and then someone asked me like, oh, how do they do this on this island? I'm like, oh, I don't know. That's not my island. Yeah, yeah. Even on my island, like, oh, have you ever been to this place on the big island? And I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. And I just didn't want to feel that. Like, I didn't have a good understanding of my home before I left my home. Yeah. So it, it took me 25 years, you know, to, of just being at home in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of got this weird call to be like okay it's time to go and i was thinking i'll just go up two years i give myself two years and if it's too hard in two years i'll come home no no hard feelings sure two years went by and it was it was it was hard 
Yeah. And I remember telling What, what kept you? What kept you there? I just didn't was want to... It, uh, was it... I, I kind of... I meant to touch on this earlier. Was it that... Uh, was it that sense of maybe not obligation, but just like, oh man, like like you were saying before, Hawaiian kid in this field. Yeah. You know, was it just like, you know, I, I owe it to... Right, that's exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I owe it to not just people I know, but to other people. Like, kids coming up, like, oh, man, I want to, I don't know if I want to be a scientist. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, hey, look. This guy. Hey. Yeah. This guy is a master in science. Yeah. I mean, that definitely was the – that was it. And I, I felt like this – I don't know. I, I think I just was, like, still dealing with a lot of baggage in my own life. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think people from – our island can relate to this. Absolutely. This idea of like, um, you got to prove to everyone and you got to prove almost to yourself that you're good enough because we see so much foreign perspective come here and extract um, from our resources. Sure. And we we just kind of feel like almost insecure about that. Yeah. And that's how I felt up there. I felt like, okay, this is the center of Babylon. So Mm -hmm. I'm up here. I got to... I got to prove and, and it felt like this like weight on my shoulder, but it, I didn't know who to blame and I didn't know who to have that like animosity towards. It was almost like the obligation, like you said, of, yeah. um, you know, I was getting, I was getting degree, um, the scholarships for like any minority. It was oh, wow. like, I was getting, um, like minority grants for like black people, for uh, native American, like Hawaiian was like, Oh yeah, definitely. I just, there was no one like me in the chemistry program wow. at University of California, San Diego. And they really wanted to hold on to me, I think, in yeah. that sense, because even when I was, I was like on conduct, I mean, not conduct probation, but um, academic probation. Oh, shit. <laughs> like I was failing out. Yeah. And I remember telling one of my uh, professors, like, I just, I don't know if I can do this. And the professor looked at me and said, well, maybe you should just go home. Oh. And I was like, Oh, teach? Jeez. Fuck you then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to stay then. And I'm going to... Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that's kind of what it was. It was more like, okay, it was like a battle. Like I was constantly fighting. And, yeah. Um, the, the bigger the challenge seemed, the more I was willing to kind of like take it on. And yeah. that's when um, I ended up doing the two years, got my master's up there. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the PhD. And I just Dude. powered another... I thought I was going to get out a lot sooner, but it ended up taking me six years. But... You know, at the end of my fourth year, it was probably like the peak of my um, maybe like that like depression or whatever. It, I was like, I ran out of funding because yeah. there was I, I pretty much got every single minority scholarship there yeah. was already. So like, I just was like, I couldn't get any more money. I had to figure out, okay, now in a PhD program, you get paid to go to school but they don't tell you where the money's coming from. Yeah. So if you don't bring your own money through grants, you got to work for the school. So you got to teach oh, okay. or you got to yeah. do research that they want you to do. You yeah. just become like a, a worker. Yeah, this is like, that's totally foreign to me. Like how, how, how that works, that program, the doctor programs work. Yeah. yeah it's like you, you, you get recruited. Yeah. They say, okay, oh, okay, you have six years of funding or five years of funding mm-hmm. uh, in this program, but they don't tell you where the money's coming from. So you get into your first or second year. They're like, Oh, well, if you don't get grants, you got to teach all my classes or you yeah. got to do all this stuff like for these professors. And it takes away time from your project, from yeah. you graduating. So I was just facing this, like looking down this hallway of like, man, I got too many, two more years left. I don't know how I'm going to finish up my projects, my research. And I was studying coral reef at the time. And I was like learning all this 
crazy technology. Mm -hmm. And then I, I just woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this ride for what it is, whether I get kicked out or whether I don't, whatever it is, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. And that's pretty, it's pretty much the, uh, most cliched used line I've seen in like a million movies, but it's true though, man. You got to, that's how you got to do it. You have to do it that way. When you're getting pounded, you can't. You got to trust, you got to trust the process, but you got to like enjoy the process. Like people, you know, me, I'm probably more like result driven than process driven, but you know, I'm not trying to be a doctor or anything. No, (laughs) it's like, but it's just different how, you know, that, that keeps getting brought up all the time because it's true. Like you yeah. gotta, you gotta, you know. Well, that's, that's over time I've realized, you know, that it's like you're, you're going to hit these doldrums mm-hmm. that you don't feel anything's going to be going your way. And in those moments, like that's, that's actually the moment yeah. that you get the opportunity. It's like crazy to even think about because when you're thinking like, oh, everyone else, it's just like they're. They're pro surfers or, or they got their degrees or they're like, they run this company or they have this company or they have all these things and it's so easy for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're, even for me, when I was focusing so much on everyone else, all that time was taken away from focusing on myself. Yeah, bro. And when I had pretty much like this, I, I was so afraid of failing and so afraid of never coming home that mm-hmm. once I just accepted like, I have the ability, if I really want to go home, I can go home. If I really want to be a pro surfer, I can go all in. Yeah. If I really want to get a PhD in chemistry, I can. And once I got into that kind of state of mind, whether it's... Dude, it's I'm like, ready to run through a brick wall right now. <laughs> Let's go. It's like, it's not like I just was so confident, like I'm the man. It's more like, I just was like, no, you gotta, gotta believe it. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. you don't believe you gotta, it, it's like, it's so hard. It's yeah. like way too hard. It's like tricking yeah. your mind into not being yeah. like a, like overconfident. It's more just having a self-belief. Yeah. And then once I got there, I wrote a one page proposal to this random funding source that was part of the university. And I said, I want to go around the world and sample surfers to see if the ocean leaves a molecular fingerprint on humans. Whoa. And it was so like outrageous. I was like, well, whatever. It's like only one page. Just like I submitted just it. Just drop the mic. Yeah. And they came back and, you know, I only asked for like a little bit of money just to do the project to, so I don't have to teach or something. Yeah, and yeah. they came back to me with like, can you tell us more? And I went in and I was talking to them more about the project and, after I explained it to them, they're like, we'll fund your whole. So that was your, that's your. Yeah. That was my thesis. Your thesis or okay. Yeah. It was, um, traveling around to different surf breaks and sampling surfers and showing that there's a molecular signature that is left on us by the ocean. And uh, it got like, it was crazy. Like that got me into like, um, I mean, I was surfing a lot up there too, and then I well, guess for, for research. Yeah, I mean, for research. Well, obviously, and when that happened, I realized the surf industry didn't really care how good I was at surfing or not. Yeah, yeah. I was like so focused on like how good I am compared to like Kevin or like Tori or yeah, like yeah. Robert or Pila or you know. I yeah, was exactly. just comparing myself because I thought that's what the surf industry did. Yeah, like they looked at all the surfers equally and said, "Who's the best surfer?" Yeah, when re- I. After that, I realized the industry, the surf like industry as a whole, they're looking for how these individuals can help to 
reach audiences. Yeah, to grow the industry. Exactly. Yeah. Once that happened, I started to realize Whoa, that ding, I, ding, ding. I have a, a fair, a fighting chance at this, which it, it kind of, it was part things were approached, uh, came to me and I approached other things. So it wasn't, I just kicked yeah, back yeah. and got asked, like, yeah, oh, yeah. If oh, you rip, is, can, yeah. can you ride for us? It, it wasn't like that. It 100%. was more like, um, wow, you're, you're, you're always out at all these waves, whether it's, you know, little Malibu or, you know, we seen you up at these like more mm-hmm. bigger waves up the coast. And mm-hmm. I just was always there cause I surf and they're like, but what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I study how the ocean affects us chemically yeah. and they're it's like wow that's interesting and i started kind of sharing these messages and you know like more people started coming around the campfire yeah, 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 thing, yeah. and they're like wow that's cool like would you be interested in you know looking at some of our surfboards and i'm like oh what kind of surfboards and you know they're like oh like channel island surfboards which is arguably one of the oldest and mm-hmm. top tier surfboard companies in surfing history yeah. you know and they're like would you want to be a part of the team like we can offer you boards you ride them and you share with us what what you think what are some materials that maybe you would want some of the design and i i felt like oh super honored or it's like we're gonna create wetsuits out of this material you know we're gonna um, try to find out how to better share this message of partnering with like you know one of the brands that i ride for is visla with surfrider foundation which now i'm i'm fortunate to sit on the board of the surfrider foundation whoa it's like all these opportunities started opening up uh, because I didn't hyper focus on just trying to be the best surfer, surfer in the world. Yeah, man. I just focused on trying to be the best Clifford in the world. Yeah, Honestly, well, yeah. I mean, really, if you really want to, if uh, you want to get on the couch real quick, I'm going to psychoanalyze this. <laughs> yeah, like just trying to be the best Clifford. Like you wanted to be in science, like you love surfing, so it's. Both of those interests naturally led you on your path. It sounds like yeah, and well, that and then you know, like your in, your interest and focus naturally evolved based on you know all the things you were doing and like opportunities that either came or didn't show up or anything like that. Totally, and it it, it just it started to snowball into. Um, I mean, this this profession that I have, it's mm-hmm. there's not really job security, so yeah. I don't work for a company. I have. Um, like sponsors like, yeah, yeah. and contracts Tra- that yeah, have sure. an ending. So you're like you're like a, like a private contractor. Yeah, like a free, yeah, like yeah. a contractor. So yeah. I contract I bid mm-hmm. yeah, along yeah. with like yeah, all yeah. these other people sure. putting out bids, but like Yeah, I wanted to ask you about all that too. Like yeah, okay, yeah. That's yeah. really what you do. You go out there to uh, jobs, mm-hmm. you you see some but a lot of these jobs they're not advertised. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more you kinda have to go yeah, like no, no people or just yeah. people who know of you and be like, hey, oh, I know this guy Clifford, maybe something yeah. like anything like that. You, you kind of start to see like, I mean, like if it was broken down into like, um, you know, civil engineering style things, it's like, you're going to need uh, street lights. Yeah. You yeah. Know, everyone is going to yeah. have to put up street lights if you're building a new road. Sure. So if you know someone who can, can do that then you're going to go to the person within your first degree of friendship a lot of times yeah. or who does the best work. Yeah. So you're competing with people who maybe have a who knows who kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you're also competing with people who have the best work. And then you're just depending on the client if they want to provide that. Yeah. And for me, you know, there's times that I feel like I'm offering a lot of service for maybe um, a deal for the client. Sure, man. But at the end of the day, that can get counteract by uh, long-term partnerships. So it Long-term, all, yeah, partnership, relationship. Like, you know, I mean... 
you know this right now. I mean, what you know is important, but who you know, it's it's a big thing, man. And and that's going to translate even more exponentially here because in Hawaii, small town community, like yeah. especially the Big Island, you know, yeah, it's uh, reputation goes a long way out here, man. It really does. And how you and and that's what I think people think like that's a bad thing. It's not what you know, but who you know. But I think another part of that equation is how you treat the people you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And how you treat the people you don't know. Yeah. Because in like island communities, we know like that's so critical. You mm -hmm. can kind of do a less than stellar job, but if you're treating people in a good way and you're making people feel good, yeah, you're going to get the call back. Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. I treat all my sponsorships the same way. Like, um, Sometimes for unforeseen circumstances, I can't perform at my, my top ability and I, I can't really make an excuse, but what I can do is reassure them that it's still come. Like you're still going to get what you asked for. It may not be on this um, time frame that you want yeah. and you may feel like I'm not a part of, you know, the company anymore and I'm not going to be like, well, why? Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all, I don't get all bitter. Yeah, like, yeah. I understand. I know how this works because it cycles like. You know, you, uh, can, dude. you can come back and uh, it's happened. It. Yeah. I mean, anybody in business or anything they're doing, like it all comes back, but you never know when like, Oh shit, that guy I did that job with, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I got, I got to call him. I got nobody else. Like, yeah. I gotta call, you know, exactly. something like that. It just happens. Bro. Exactly. It just happens. And with that, like with the surf industry, I mean, when I grabbed like, Going back to with schooling in 2018, I graduated mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm moving home. Whether, and, and I think at that time, I had some small sponsorships yeah. that were gonna end in the new year and it was like August. So I'm like, well, that was fun to be able to get some, you know, it, it, the money that I was getting up in California to surf was enough to, you know, maybe eat, go out and eat dinner, buy some beers and things like that. But <laughs> it wasn't like um, I could really live off of yeah. that you know, income. And I didn't have a job waiting for me, a science job when yeah. I came home, but I knew I'm coming home. Yeah. And when I came home, it, like I said, it was a weird state of like thinking that it's like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can, it's going to be okay. And I'm going to figure out how to, how to make this work. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, it's crazy. The contracts came in the next year and they were so much better when there wasn't this like, Oh, please, please, please pick me. It was more like, okay, I, I understand if I don't fit your messaging. I understand if I don't fit your marketing strategy for yeah. 2020, this is what I'm asking for. And I can provide this. And it was a very honest conversation with a lot of those brands. And they just were like, well, okay. Yeah, that's fine. What I asked for was fine. And I just was like, wait, really? And they're like, <laughs> Yeah, like that seems fair. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And with that, I had this surf income. Yeah. Again, that was a, a little bit better than before. So I started now having the surf pressure taken off of me. And I said, okay, what do I really love? And mm. science was something that I was kind of missing. So I started writing grants for oh. science. And crazy, I ended up getting a grant to uh, study the coral reef at Honolulu, oh, the local uh, beach break that way. Home break. Home break. Yeah. Like, and to me, it just, it was so perfect because my involvement in the surf industry was able to help me sell this message saying like, not only can I study the coral mm -hmm. in Hilo, 
but I can also share that message through all these surf companies because they partner with me to share messaging. So I was just hitting two birds with one stone and as telling stories around uh, surf and science and all these things started to kind of again snowball, I found uh, a greater sense of confidence and security, which has led me now to to treat that as like my full full time occupation. Yeah. It's comprised of half surf, half science, where I spend, you know, I would say three days, four days of trying to do some solid science and same three, three to, to four, four days, days of trying to get surfing and share that that idea of a surf lifestyle. So just like generating content, like like taking yeah. pictures and yeah. video and yeah, all, of all that stuff and and working and trying to work with uh, videographers and mm-hmm. photographers here in Hilo and also too what I, what I try to do is also um, uh, involve myself in the messaging behind like environmental stewardship and things like that. I kind of like I target that um, I guess audience uh, but I, I don't want to be pigeonholed to it which yeah, I for feel sure. sometimes I do I get put in like uh, I'll get sent on a trip to talk with all these people who are like you know hug the trees and yeah, want to yeah. save the turtle which are, are they're they're totally cool yeah, I'm yeah. all about hanging out with them we, we think alike a lot of sure a lot of times but I want to um, kind of like permeate into other audiences where people are kind of like ah, I flicked a cigarette on the beach or you know like I don't I don't really care about you know recycling or whatever Whoa. it's like <laughs> who, said, who said that who said that <laughs> uh, I, uh, we're on the streets it's <laughs> if you don't high five it's not a big deal <laughs> I swear to God if you point me in the direction <laughs> no but um, that's uh, yeah I mean that's cool man to permeate you gotta have permeators out there yeah I mean trying to but I, like I said I, I'm still trying to figure figure it out well you know for for all those listening, if you if you've been listening so far and uh, haven't been motivated by uh, by Cliff's journey and what he's trying to be about, and you have a camera or anything and are looking to hone your skills, <laughs> get up off your ass, man. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's there's opportunities for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Well, I think you know. I mean, I, I don't know this because you know I'm not really tech savvy or anything, but. Is it hard for people? Is it? I feel, I feel like a lot of people have cameras and stuff. Like, there's got to be stuff. There's got to be avenues for people to explore. So, at the very least, maybe you know, with what you're doing, that could be like a showcase of hey, if you have a camera or if, you know, you're trying to hustle and like, you know, make your way in media. Like, there's ways to do it. Yeah. There's people you can. There's people you can meet. There's there's. Projects you can help with, yeah. like word of mouth is huge. Social media is huge. Like there's opportunities out there. Yeah, it is a hustle. And that's what I, um, I try not to get discouraged by the, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places or yeah. maybe I'm just not uh, up to speed with the current hustle, but it's, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I'm 17, 16 hustling. Like trying yeah. to figure out how am I going to get a camera? Yeah. How am I going to film? Well, sure. Um, I remember when we first became friends in Manoa, like you were talking, like you were just getting like your, your yeah. getting into it. Like, yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. Oh, bird. I, I, oh, I got to show you this camera. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to buy this <laughs> yeah. one. Like, oh, 
like, oh, I'm trying to like, get this tripod, like all yeah, this stuff. And that was three semesters of lunch. Yeah. Or what yeah. is it for the cafe? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I remember that. For, I was like, this is my last semester of eating in the calf. Yeah. I'm a sure. I'll be, if you got extra points, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, you got any extra points? Yeah. But by the way, I did keep track of all those. Things. <laughs> uh, well, I, track on, man. I, remember, I, I, I have an elephant's brain, <laughs> but no, okay, I'll get you back. Yeah, no, no, they, they just consider this payback. Coming on. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, man, I, uh, so, you know, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about and we've, like I said before, like how we were saying before, like we've kind of just skin the surface is like uh you know in your in your research and stuff at the oceans like what's like your experience with like microplastics and all that stuff because i remember we kind of started talking yeah, about it and yeah and, and i i feel like there's definitely this really big issue around ocean plastics mm -hmm. yeah ocean yeah and it's i mean it's hard to avoid because um it takes part of the consumer. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess um, the re reason why I want to talk about it is, is just because, you know, living in Hawaii, you know, I, you know, you got to find an amount of space here. Like plastics are everywhere. Like what can we do to, you know, help? Like, yeah. What can we do as a community and individu individually at the very least? Yeah, I think, I mean, like there's a few people in our community that share the same idea of the most powerful vote is the one we use with our wallet. Mm -hmm. So if we have an opportunity to, um, you know, move away from single-use plastic and kind of dent in the consumer demand for certain things Absolutely. that are more detrimental to the environment, that's a big win. Um I would even argue that it's probably better than like donating to like oh, wildlife bro. or, you know, well, I mean, like, you just like, where's your money going? What's yeah. it actually going to? Yeah. Hand up. You know, I'm really proud about this. I made a resolution 2020 new year's resolution, not to buy a single single use plastic and 11 and a half months in I'm at month and a half out from accomplishing that goal. Congrats, bro. It really makes me feel good, bro. Honestly. I mean, it's little things like that. You, you set a goal, you achieve yeah. it. It's like, it's, it's just good for the mental, the mental health. It, it, if, if I do accomplish it, it will be the, the first New Year's resolution <laughs> I've ever completed. That one is not even that hard, though, if you really... I don't know. No, it, it isn't, but there have been multiple times where I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, I'm not going to get a Gatorade. I'm, not, I'm just going to, like... You know, I'll just, I'll just wait till I get home. And oh. I got a, you know, I, my brother got me a, the 64 ounce Yeti for my birthday two years ago. So that, you know, shoot, I'm only, I really would only be buying water, yeah. which is stupid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard. I, 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 I feel like for me, I, especially when you travel to like third world countries where there's not clean water, yeah. um, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like in here, like in a, in a place like, you know, yeah. Hawaii and, you know, US or whatever, like it. You can stop. You can make it. You can, you can stop too at a gas station. Pick up like a. It's a little more expensive. It's hey, almost get like a, get like a glass one. Yeah, you can. They have the aluminum ones. I've bought. See, that's the thing. Like I've been like real thirsty a couple times, and I'm like, I pay five bucks for a Voss. Yeah, right, whatever, dude. Just do it. It's almost like you kind of um, you made a mistake. You pay for it. You move on. I, yeah, hundred percent. It's the I, it's the mentality of oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I, not my fault. I go and buy plastic. Yeah, exactly. And I know it's hard. Like you know, some people don't have the budget to to make those no, um, mature decisions. But and that's just 
as long as you're okay to live with the consequence and not judge others for wanting to be better, eh, that's it's up yeah. to them. No, no, yeah. Don't care what anybody does. I just, you know, for me, and it's funny because you know I'm in the recycling business, so you know technically I'm taking money out of our business's pocket, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, to save to save the world one plastic bottle at a time, I don't think it's worth it. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, plastics. You know, as you, I, I don't know if you're familiar with like the, you know, the mixed plastic recycling program here and how they're not really doing it anymore, just mm. because, you know. Being on an island is tough, you know, for recycling, just because, uh, you know, the economies of scale of shipping and labor and, you know, the volume out here. Is Where is it like, going now? Uh, well, shit. I mean, like the mixed plastic and stuff, like, you know, all your you know, milk jugs and all that stuff. Um, as of, I think, fall 2019, it's just been going into the landfill. They just, uh, wh whoever had that uh, contract just could not get rid of the material. Huh. Well, it really it really starts with it, with stuff going on in China. China put up what they call the uh, the Green Wall Initiative, yeah. which basically, um, you know, puts strict barriers on uh, the cleanliness of products coming in. Before you could get away with just Whatever. mixing any kind of plastic together. There could be trash mixed in, mm -hmm. paper, and all that stuff. And uh, China just um, put up, you know, I. You know, whatever. Like they're, that, they're trying. If they're trying, if, if they're doing it to try and do their part to, you know, mainstream their recycling product, because you know they're the only ones taking it. So, you know, when that happened, it just became a little harder for people for Hawaii to get rid of it, just for that reason. Mm -hmm. You know, they costs what for a forty foot container to get from here to Oahu, what uh, eleven hundred bucks or something, and then to the mainland, it's like thirty five hundred bucks. So it's just expensive, and that material isn't worth anything. Mm. So, uh, you know, like on Oahu, they're you know they got H power and stuff, so that dips into their mm -hmm. waste stream. But um, but even with H power, from what I, I could be wrong here, but from what I read is that if you don't, if the city doesn't produce enough waste to generate the energy, then they owe. Yeah. So yeah. the. It's the city is like, yeah, let's get more waste so yeah. we can feed H power. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I uh, that's what I that's about what I understand too. I, I don't know too much about it, but I, I do know that. Like, uh, but um, but yeah, man, I there's just not very many solutions for plastic right now, other than um, you know, just personal, just you know, personal. Per, Personal, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's the best way to do it. And I know there's, um, I know there's legislation that is trying to pass these bans and try to put a little more, even if it's not so much like um, eliminating plastics, like even though well, with pl pl it, it would be hard to eliminate plastics. Plastic is it's, everything. It's everything. Yeah, literally everything you buy. Yeah, and the thing is. I forget what the figure is. Don't quote me on this, but it's like between seventy-five and eighty percent of the plastics that's generated are made into product. It's it's more than single use. Yeah. It's it's you know like you know look around the room here. Everything's got plastic being in it. So yeah. it's not just like not, and not every plastic is single use plastic. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big uh, and you I, know, stigma. That's what I think people just try to push. And, and if you think about like why is everyone talking about single use plastic? And that's just I think a way for people to say without this big backlash of like, 
all what plastics are and everything, a lot of the activists understand that what they talk about is single use. Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to eliminate that single use plastic, which again, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and it's not in my mind, uh, single use plastic and, and plastic pollution, ocean plastic. That's just part of the, yeah the problem. A lot of it uh, comes down to just the idea of waste. Yeah. And something that I always appreciate what you folks are doing is trying to figure out what do we do with this waste? Because we're on an island. It's coming in. I don't know if it's wrong to say maybe it should go out. Oh, you know, it's like, I I don't know if it should, like we have... Anything that can go out should be going out. Yeah, or, or we don't, and then in order to offset that is we just stop bringing more stuff in. Yeah, yeah. And if we find a little bit more um, independence from outside resources, I think we're, it's going to go a long way. Well, I mean, you know, I've been saying all along, like, you know, you hear all the, and, and this is actually a perfect wake-up call because of the pandemic and COVID and stuff. What's the biggest problem in Hawaii right now? Nobody's working because there's no tourism industry jobs open, or, you know, very limited right now. So what would be the natural way to offset that? Expand other industries in Hawaii. Yeah. And the thing I always suggest, and what I always tell, tell people, you know, friends from the mainland, they ask me, you know, this kind of stuff. I always say like, you know, say what you want, but the most valuable thing that Hawaii could produce are products that say made in Hawaii, grown in Hawaii, yeah. made by native Hawaiian, like, or, yeah. you know, just, like boutique ag- agriculture, like highly special, specialized agriculture, stuff like that. Like things that, you know, people are going all over the country getting all these like fancy degrees, like, you know, in science and agriculture and biology and physics. And it's like, dude, we live in the most fertile place in the world. Like this is some place that it shouldn't be industrialized. Definitely not. But it should definitely be on a, you know, a small specialized scale yeah because if it's smaller scale you're able to put more into it products naturally will be more valuable oh, yeah. people want to pay for them you know it's like oh i agree I, I'm, I am you know this may sound weird so if this ever gets like chopped up and deep fake and it seem like i'm like this bad person i hope it, I hope it doesn't but I, I am pro development sure but the development that i am promoting is this development that is highly progressive. It's a development of infrastructure that doesn't put strain on the resources. 100%. Let's develop uh, ways for every single person to have an opportunity to house maybe a tourist if they want to in their own way. Yeah. And we can take away from, say, like a a large-scale hotel. That's why I get so irritated with this Airbnb, like, legislation and stuff. Like, you know, all the hotels are getting all, you know pissed off about that but yeah that's a good that's a good one it's too. like and that's not for everyone that's just one opportunity yeah, where like why, why wouldn't you want to get a little bit of more um you know financial resource every month to be able to do what you want to do you know and like we have like everyone's got some side hustle that yeah. they, they know how to or do. hobby or <laughs> like wow oh, they got kids yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly like they, you know i mean it's it's there's all these opportunities that I think w- would maybe just shift away from what's been before. You know, one, one thing that I, I th- this may sound weird too, is when I look at, I'm looking at the reef out at Honolii on the east side uh, of Big Island. And you know, it kind of bums me out. Like I know when people go fish, 
they just go, oh, I only went one this one time, one month, but I'm there every day and I see new face going down every time. So Honolulu is getting blasted. People yeah. may not think that guys are fishing there, but people are fishing that. There's just more people, like people aren't fishing it often, but more people are fishing more it. More different yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So collectively, if, if it just was human traffic going down and taking fish, it's it's being worked. And because there hasn't been too much swell, the water's been really clear. Like there's been a lot of um, resources being taken out of that space. And I know it's because there's this um, like image of the more fish I catch, the bigger fish I catch, it's better for my community. When, what if there's an industry that we can support and say, what if you go out and you just start taking pictures of all these big fish in the wild, in the ocean and you don't kill them, Yeah, you know? And I will, figure out how to give you money yeah mo- yeah to just for that photo yeah to monitor monitor yeah you know it's like that to me that like you need to have some type of um maybe company that's saying like hey there's a new there's a new youtube channel mm-hmm. that is like pokemon or whatever where you go out and you take a picture of the fish oh and you you get prizes or you get money or reviews oh, or We'll cut, keep going. We'll, we'll cut this because this could be like a million dollar idea. Uh, I mean, it's, no. just, it's things where like if you shift the the behavior of what's cool. Yeah. That's what I think could really help. And that's developing. That's progressing. You know, it's just changing away from the, uh, we, we there's too much of us to fight for who's going to catch the biggest yeah. fish. You know, because even if you don't get the biggest, you're catching number two, number three, number four. And next thing you know out of the what 300,000 people that currently live in our island the over 10 million people that come here every yeah, year yeah well pre-covid now i don't know what that's gonna look like oh, geez. it's like you just look at the sheer numbers it we're doing some damage you know well i mean you know kind of backtrack kind of touch to the uh, to backtrack a little bit as far as like resources for hawaii goes there's there's one thing i do believe is that one of hawaii's most valuable resources is its people and the problem that i see is maybe not so much on Oahu, but especially like the Big Island and maybe, you know, Kauai and Maui too. Our state's most precious resources are leaving the state because there's no... And that's why I really wanted to have you on to, you know, get your insight because you're someone that has come back and, you know, listen, hey, we want to... I want to put my mark on my home state, my home island, my, my hometown. And that, you know you've you've been able to create this thing for yourself to hey okay i got i i can come home because mm-hmm. i have something and that that's just such a it's 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 not disappointing but it's it's unfortunate because there are so many talented people like i you know i grew up with a bunch of them like mm-hmm. i've met a bunch of them and and um when I talk to them, like, it's always the same, like, you know, shit, I, I, I miss home. Yeah. I wish I could just be home. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I need to make this work here at the very least. I need to make this work here first so I can either bring something to the table or, you know. Well, that's how, yeah. like I said, that's how I was before. Yeah. Like with like surfing or mm-hmm. even with a degree, I was kind of just like half in. Yeah. That's why when I, when I got to a, a point in my life of wanting to just be all in, I prioritize and what yeah. I wanted to be home. And that was, uh, I, I just put my money where my mouth was. And it's like, 
in the regards to I'm not going to make any money, but I'm going to be home. Yeah. And I made that choice, but in a weird way, by having the the confidence and the motivation to make that hard decision to be home, the creativity, there's an abundance of uh, creative inspiration at home. And the community, which I'm lucky to be a part of, mm -hmm. is so supportive and encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging. It's, it, it's easy to have just a little project that you're doing that so much people that I surround myself support it, that it makes me feel like I'm not wasting time. I'm not wasting resources. Bro, that, yeah. You know, that's, that's a big thing too, bro. Like people, like, you know, like you, you said when you're in, in your program and stuff, you had like ebbs and flows of motivation. Like, Oh man, like this and that. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a big thing. Positive reinforcement is a really big yeah. thing. And that is one thing about, you know, uh, big on the community is, you know, it's a smaller, smaller community, but it's a tight knit community, very family oriented. People bring each other up, build each other up. And yeah, that's what people need, man. They need, uh, they need positive reinforcement. They need encouragement totally. and they need to not take criticism the wrong way. Yes. They need yeah. to, you know, uh, I've always been real sensitive when taking criticism, but as I've gotten older, like I've, I've learned, even if I'm like pissed off at listening to it, like in the moment, like I've gotten a little bit better at kind of stepping back and be like, okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Get your, put your ego back in check. Yeah. More on and just, well, that's, I mean, like, and that comes part of that thing of me saying, I'm trying to figure it out. I need to, I need to remember that I get so much positive reinforcement from my friends and family that I need to do the same. I need to put time aside to make sure that I'm encouraging the people around me because it's a two way street. Yeah. And, um, that's helped me too. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good family member. I want to be this this good community member. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm like trying to preach or whatever. Because I definitely, preach. I'm not. I'm preach. not. There's so much single use plastic in my life still that I can eliminate. There's like, there's so much things that I again I'm contributing negatively to my environmental spaces. Um, it's just me. I'm not guilty about it. No, no. no. And that you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Feel. Well, that, any guilt that you feel is brought onto you by like these outside forces yeah. you know and that it makes you want to shame other people and it's like look everyone I, I i don't i respect everyone's hustle i may not agree with it but i just respect it and i just bring the people who i believe their hustle is very community oriented yeah. I, I want to bring their hustle into my world and i want to see if i can help join on that um, for people who aren't community minded they don't think about not just them or their kids or their immediate circle like I like them a lot better when they're thinking broadly, you yeah. know, cause I grew up that way. I grew yeah. up being taken care of by strangers, parents kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is important for me to look at, you know, the kids on our street, they're just as important in our, as ours, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And they act up. It's not like, Oh, I'm just going to lick them because they're irritating. It's like, look, how do we help them? Yeah. Because they're eventually going to be the big, influencers yeah, of our kids or, us, but yeah. like, or you or me i don't know yeah the kiki of the future man she gets some t-shirts made up <laughs> hey uh so um yeah dude i 
we could go on and on about this. And like my ultimate goal is to, you know, have you on here more. I, I tried to do a little bit of research last night and, and, uh, just like going on your Instagram page and stuff. And I just was like, oh, there's too much what stuff. What what this? What it's, right What's this? What's it's that? ADD. That's, uh, no. I, I, I have so much things that are just, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to be creative because there, I, I'm in different parts of, uh, society in different ways. Yeah, that's because I don't know how others. I don't have a job for. I don't really have a job. Yeah, yeah. Like in a weird way, I, I don't feel I have like a job. I'm, yeah. I'm just getting supported to share these messages and these ideas, and I'm trying not to look like a an idiot by, by doing it and <laughs> contradict myself too much. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just really stoked to be home uh, and tr- feel. I feel like. Um, a purpose like i'm supposed to be here and be a part of this community well look bro i uh me for one as a friend of yours i'm glad you're back i'm glad you're back i don't i, I can't be uh i can't easily express how grateful i am that you're able to do this with me at the very least even if this doesn't even if this recording never reaches the light of day at the very least we were able to just kind of sit down and talk like we've never i mean i've always wanted to and we should we've been talking about it for years like i said just sit down and just you know What's up, man? There'll be many more. Like, yeah, we, we, gotta, we gotta do some coal, some coal gas stuff, and yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, bro. man, for sure, bro. Well, dude, Cliff, you're the man, bro. Love you so much, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Big shout out and mahalo to Cliff for coming on, and a big shout out and mahalo to all of you for tuning in. Um, you know, to say that this was a dream interview would be an understatement. I uh, when I <laughs> When I first decided to start doing this, Cliff was, you know, high on my list to bring on as someone to talk to. Just because not only my, not only he's a good friend of mine, but um, you know, he's just always been so interesting, and I've always been interested and intrigued by all the stuff that he's doing. Um, but yeah, I've always looked up to Cliff as a good friend and, uh, you know, someone who's pursuing, pursuing his interests and has been able to travel around the world and experience a whole bunch of new things and uh, he's been able to provide himself with an opportunity to move back home to the Big Island, to Hilo and uh, you know, provide for his family and hopefully instill some knowledge to others who are trying to pursue their dreams from the Big Island. Like I said, you know, the Big Island is full of talented people and it's just a matter of, you know, finding your way and, you know, making things happen. So hopefully people can check out Cliff and see what he's all about and uh, try and get some inspiration and motivation. But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. That was a great one. Uh, I got a few more lined up, so stay tuned for those. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for listening and for all the support thus far. It's been, uh, it's been beyond awesome and I can't say thank you enough. So thank you. But anyway, until next time, Take care of each other, wash your hands, stay safe, and I'll see you when I see you.